The following is a reflection on the readings for Thursday of the 22nd week of Ordinary Time. The first reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18-23. to 23. The responsorial is Psalm 24, and the Gospel is Luke chapter 5, verses 1-11. to 11. In today's Gospel, Jesus continues his outreach in Galilee, giving effect to the announcement of the Jubilee prophesied by Isaiah, that is, preaching good news to the poor, healing the brokenhearted, proclaiming liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, and bringing liberty to the oppressed. Having already set free some who were captive to demonic oppression, healing the sick and preaching the good news, he now expands the ministry by calling disciples, notably Simon Peter, James, and John, who will become pillars of the church and Jesus' intimate circle and closest friends. A few points of interest. First, Jesus takes the initiative. He gets into Peter's boat without being invited. This points to the primacy of grace that is given to every person, sometimes called prevenient, meaning coming before, preceding, or enabling. What is important to see is that Peter acts on this grace. This is the freedom God has given every person to cooperate or deny God's initiative. Second, God's grace is primary, not just at the beginning, but all through a person's life, which is why we must always be open and submissive to it. For example, later, when Jesus asks the disciples, Who do people say that I am? Peter gives the answer, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responds that this did not come from you, but from my Father. Third, Peter acts on this grace by obeying Jesus and putting out a little from the land. Jesus teaches the people from the boat, and when he ceases speaking, then said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Notice the transition and formation. Having listened to Jesus' teaching, Peter, aided by grace, goes from the shallow waters to the deep. This should encourage us to read sacred scripture and sacred tradition, especially the Catechism of the Catholic Church and other treasures from the sacred deposit, and be continually formed so that, as more grace is poured out into our life, we will not cower but cooperate in richer and deeper waters. This is especially the case given what St. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 about the gospel, that is, It is the power of God for salvation to every person who has faith, containing in it God's very righteousness, and what Hebrews chapter 4 says, that it is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Fourth, Peter, having cooperated with God's grace, recognizes his unworthiness, I am a sinful man. This is the correct response to grace, and a prerequisite to being a disciple, for only in our humility and openness will God pour out further graces. We see an example in the Old Testament with Isaiah being caught up into the throne room of God and seraphim crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah's confession, Woe is me, for I am unclean is met by one of the seraphim touching his lips with a live coal from the fire, and Isaiah is purified. Then he is able to respond to the greater invitation from the Lord, Whom shall I send, 
and who will go before us? Isaiah responds, Here I am, send me. This is an important lesson for us. At times we can feel not worthy of following Jesus because of past sins and current struggles. But so long as we recognize our need and call out to God in repentance, He will work in our lives by His mercy and grace. The history of the saints is replete with examples. One only has to read the confessions of St. Augustine to marvel at how a poor sinner caught in the chains of addiction, having cried out to God, was converted to become one of the greatest, most fruitful evangelists of all time. Finally, we see the radicality of the call as Peter, James, and John leave everything to follow Jesus. The boat and the nets represent for each person what is the highest priority in life, whether it is wealth, fame, leisure, pleasure. In other words, what is esteemed above God and the call to ministry. For Christ, not even family loyalty can come before discipleship. If any comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. The rewards, however, will be infinitely greater. Peter indeed became a prodigious fisher of souls. On the day of Pentecost, after preaching inspired by the Holy Spirit, 3,000 souls were caught. John wrote the fourth gospel and the apocalypse and three letters, which have over the centuries harvested many. Moreover, Jesus himself says that those who have left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will receive a hundredfold now in this time with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Mark chapter 10 verses 29 to 30. The opportunity lies open before us especially now when so many are questioning previously held priorities that seem not to provide security or peace. In these troubling times, let us recall the words of St. Pope John Paul II in his apostolic letter at the beginning of the new millennium. Quote, at the beginning of the new millennium, a new stage of the church's journey begins. Our hearts ring out with the words of Jesus when one day, after speaking to the crowds from Simon's boat, he invited the apostles to put out into the deep for a catch. These words ring out for us today, and they invite us to remember the past with gratitude, to live the present with enthusiasm, and to look forward to the future with confidence. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We must look ahead. We must put out into the deep. Trusting in Christ's words should inspire us to new energy and impel us to invest in concrete initiatives. Jesus himself warns us, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9 verse 62 There is a temptation which perennially besets every spiritual journey and pastoral work, that of thinking that the results depend on our ability to act and to plan. Is it any wonder that pastoral plans come to nothing and leave us with a disheartening sense of frustration? We then share the experience of the disciples in the gospel story of the miraculous catch of fish. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. 
This is the moment of faith, of prayer, of conversation with God, in order to open our hearts to the tide of grace and allow the word of Christ to pass through us in all its power. Put out into the deep. On that occasion it was Peter who spoke the word of faith. At your word I will let down the nets. As this millennium begins, allow the successor of Peter to invite the whole church to make this act of faith which expresses itself in a renewed commitment to prayer.